welcome back to the Pilates Pod. My name is Corey and I'm going to be your instructor for today's episode. So today we're doing something a bit different. I did a poll on my Instagram, which if you're not following me, go check me out at CoreyXLifestyle. Um, I did a poll a long time ago asking if anyone would be interested for a more sit-down talking episode, just hearing from different fitness instructors, kind of about their journey, how they got certified, why they chose that certification, how they got jobs, just any questions kind of like that, just basically spilling all the fitness instructor tea. And a lot of you wanted to hear that, so I definitely am a bit late on this, but we made it here. So today we're going to be starting with myself, and I'm going to just answer some of your questions. I left a little Ask Me Anything box on my Instagram just to ask me some questions about my experience getting certified, my workout journey, things like that. And I'm really excited to just kind of open up to you guys and for you to get to learn a bit more about me. Before I start the questions, I'm going to start off with a little segment. I think this will be fun for when I have guests on. But I'm just going to say my name, where I'm from, what I'm certified in, and my favorite way to sweat. So my name is Corey. I'm from just outside of Toronto, so I'm a Toronto gal. I am a certified Pilates mat instructor. I have my Pilates mat one and two certification, and my favorite way to sweat is definitely Pilates, but right now I'm definitely on a kind of hit circuit little trend right now. Gyms just open back, so like lifting heavy things and sweating a lot is definitely, you know, front of mind because I haven't been able to do it for almost two months. But Pilates through and through will be my favorite way to sweat. So the first question um, is just kind of how I got into the fitness space. So I grew up a competitive dancer my entire life. I competed at my university at Queens on their dance team. And from growing up doing dance, I ended up kind of teaching dance a little bit as well throughout high school. And as well, again, in university was kind of like a very easy, fun job for me to kind of teach dance. And in my first year of university, I got really, really sick at the end of the first semester and was pretty much sick for the entire year. Ended up having to get surgery in the summer. Um, It was really, really awful. And that was really kind of eye-opening to me on the importance of taking care of yourself. I think that was really the first time in my life where I realized like how important physical and mental health really are and how important it is not to just heal yourself when you're sick, but to maintain good, healthy practices all the time to help maintain that health. So when I was really sick, I had surgery. I obviously was pretty much on bed rest for like six months. Honestly, I really was not that physically active. I'd always dabbled in the gym since like middle school even, but was never really like super hard with it. I was dancing 25 hours a week outside of school as well as dancing every day in the dance program at my school so I didn't really need the gym to like stay in shape and stay in good health but when I was sick I did lose a lot of weight a lot of muscle mass just a lot of weight in general and after I'd gotten surgery in the spring and was starting to heal I was honestly very very small for my size and was thought this would be a really good opportunity to go to the gym and start to build muscle I didn't have a job at this point for two months until my job had started in the summer. This was in the spring. So I was like, I have two months off. I could go to the gym every day as long as I want, like whenever I want. Like this is such a good opportunity to just build muscle and really get into like lifting weights and stuff. And 
I did. I started going to the gym. I started trying to figure out what I liked and what I didn't like. I did some classes and I stumbled upon a Ploys class on Wednesday mornings with Adina and I fell in love with it. It was like the first time I felt I was in a class where I could completely like zone into the workout and like close off my mind to everything outside and just really just like almost like a meditative state. It was such an amazing class. I loved how it made me feel. I loved the movement. I became obsessed. I went every single Wednesday and I started to bring one of my friends with me and it was like our bonding time. I like fell in love with it. Then when I went back to school in the fall, there's kind of very limited options for Pilates, but I always just loved the movement. I try and do any classes I really could and I decided that you know, this would be a really good job. Instead of teaching dance, I could definitely teach Pilates and, you know, I can kind of get a job wherever I am. I don't have to be near a dance studio or anything. And I kind of felt like this was a really natural progression for me. So kind of moving on to, I guess, like the next question, like how I got certified. So I reached out to Adina, who was that original Pilates instructor and kind of told her how much I loved that class and how it really inspired my journey in Pilates and fitness and how I want to become certified. So I met with her for coffee and she told me kind of, you know, what it's like being a Pilates instructor, getting a job, the wages, where she got certified. Honestly, at the time, she did recommend that I get certified in teaching yoga. She said, it's so much easier to get jobs teaching yoga. There's so many yoga studios. You can make a lot more money. And it was honestly like a more practical decision. But I honestly... There was a few things why I didn't choose yoga. One, at the time, I wasn't very into hot yoga or yoga at all. I'm way more into hot yoga now than I was at the time. And two, the yoga certifications were very, very expensive and like much longer and more intense. And I honestly just like didn't really want to commit to that. So Pilates was definitely a lot easier. She did give me a lot of advice on where to go and recommended the place that she attended. So I got my certification through East to West Yoga and Pilates. It's in Toronto. However, I didn't actually do it at the studio. So this studio hosts a lot of uh, teacher training certifications at their studio. However, I did do mine with a private person who did come to my house. And I did it with my other friend, Llewellyn. We got certified together. So how the certification works is basically you do Pilates mat one and Pilates mat two. You kind of have to do them together. The teacher came over the first day and she gave us almost like a mini workbook that had like a bunch of pages and she went through like the whole workbook. We were there for about three hours and she kind of taught us all about anatomy, the center points, like the history of Pilates. We just went through all of it, like a big three hour lecture, you know, about everything you kind of need to know all the basic moves and she made us kind of demonstrate them and we did them all together. So yes, we pretty much spent an entire day doing the part one. She went through and taught us all of the different things we need to know, gave us a lot of practice, showed us a lot of moves and she was really, really helpful. Then about a month later, she came back for the second part, which was kind of more advanced movements and you know, teaching styles. It was definitely a more advanced knowledge in Pilates. And then we did a written exam and a practical exam. So the written exam was like very straightforward, like, you know, asking about the anatomy, the history. It was pretty much directly from the book. So that's why there was a month in between the two courses technically is because you needed a time to study. And then the practical exam, we pretty much had to teach a short 15 minute class so you kind of did a warm-up 
showed you had to show your ability to teach all 34 of the exercises that were in the textbook. You had to show a standing series and a finishing stretch. So you didn't obviously have to repeat the exercises as many times as you would do it, but you would kind of do each exercise once, show that you could do it and move on to the next. It was about a 15-minute practical exam. And my friend and I kind of did it together. We each taught a class and we got to do each other. So it was definitely not a difficult certification. It was nice that I was able to do it while I was with a friend privately in my basement, although I don't think doing it in a studio would have made it any more difficult. Um, Coming to price, because a lot of people asked how much it was, it definitely wasn't cheap. I can't specifically remember how much it was, but I, I do think each part was $300, which is definitely pricey. I'm not going to lie. I guess when you think of the return you're going to get once you do teach it, because Pilates instructors do make a decent amount per class. Obviously, it depends on the studio you teach at. But just from my experience applying to different jobs, Pilates instructors make anywhere from $25 an hour to up to $50 an hour even. So if you really are able to get into the space right away and make the money, you can really earn it back pretty quickly. There was one thing that I wasn't aware of until I had already certified. So I think this is really important to talk about. Pretty much you need to, to maintain your certification, you have to complete what they call CECs, which are continuing education credits. You need to do, they say 10 every two years. So pretty much these CECs are, at first I was really scared, but they're really, really um, simple. Pretty much you need to either read a book about Pilates or anatomy and kind of write a paper about it. That could be three credits. You can, you know, watch a movie about it and write some credits uh, and write a paper about it. That can be up to two credits or just attending a bunch of Pilates classes also counts as credits. Personally, no one's ever checked up on this. There's never been anything about it. But realistically, if you are into Pilates, you're going to be going to a lot of Pilates classes and I don't ever see it being a problem. Yeah, no one's ever questioned my certification or asked me to prove that I have these CECs. But it's definitely something that technically is part of the process. Um, So moving on to jobs, uh, I already answered a question about how much Pilates instructors make, but someone just asked like where you look for jobs. So after I got my certification, I started to just apply to different gyms in my area. I would just either like if they had, you know, an apply here kind of thing on their page, I would apply there. Or if they had an email for like customer service even, I would just send my email resume. I definitely use um, Indeed a lot to find applications and would apply online. I did have a small issue honestly getting a job. I did have two auditions for different studios and both of them really did like me. However, they felt just because I was returning back to school at the end of the summer, I wasn't the best candidate. My friend I did it with, she was able to get a job being a substitute Pilates teacher at three different gyms and she was pretty much working every week which was really good for her because it wasn't her own class so she didn't really feel like she always had to you know do something different or connect with the people which is definitely you know an exciting part of being a fitness instructor but also can be a bit stressful so she really enjoyed being a sub and she made very good money from it however I definitely had issues getting a job since I was going back to school Um, I did want to work at the gym at my school, but then COVID happened, so I never even got to do that. 
Um, another issue that I definitely had was a lot of studios were looking for people with experience and, you know, thinking I personally felt I had experience from teaching dance, but a lot of these studios didn't consider that experience, which I definitely found disheartening considering teaching dance is personally, I feel is very similar to teaching a Pilates class. So that was definitely a frustration for me. Like you'll have with any job is people who won't hire without experience, but you know, I'm sure the more you apply, if you, you know, keep applying to a bunch of things, eventually you would find someone. Um, the next question was kind of more about the podcast and how I came up with this idea for this Pilates podcast and why I started it. So a few reasons why I started the podcast. One was we were all in lockdown at the time and doing home workouts. And for someone who had very limited space, living in a student house, very limited equipment, couldn't really jump because, you know, you're sharing a house with five other people with different sleep schedules and you want to be considerate. Plus, Pilates was my favorite type of movement. It was obvious that I was going to do Pilates while my home workouts. It was obvious I was going to do Pilates while we were kind of stuck doing home workouts. I did subscribe to a few different Pilates platforms. I tried the Pilates class. I did a few Melissa Wood Health classes and I did Tasha Franken. I loved Tasha Franken's the most, but as soon as you had to pay for it, I was just like, not for me. The Pilates class I had a coupon for and Melissa Wood Health, it was my friend. So I just really did not want to have to pay for it. I felt like there should be affordable ways for a student to stay healthy and do Pilates while in lockdown. So that was the main reason I started with this podcast was the fact that there was really nothing that was free and good that was teaching Pilates that I could find. A second thing was as soon as it got nice outside and we were still in lockdown, I really wanted to be outside and work out. And my housemates and I would go to the park and we'd, you know, bring our booty bands and we would do some circuits and stuff, which was always fun. But I would have loved to like do a Pilates class in the park, but I didn't want to bring my laptop and have to use data to stream a video. Like it was just a hassle. Plus like living on a laptop in person, like everyone's watching you. Like that was, that was a little too, you know, embarrassing personally for me. Like my social anxiety would not you know, approve of that. And I knew some of my friends had the same issue. They said with their Peloton app, they were like, I felt so embarrassed. Like I wanted to do a Peloton workout at the gym and everyone was looking at me like so embarrassing with the computer. Like, yes, that was, that was a huge thing. Like I just wanted to, to like discreetly do a workout class. And the third thing was, especially in Pilates, like you're upside down, you're sideways. Like you cannot always twist your neck to see what the instructor is doing because it kind of ruins the flow. So I wanted Something where I didn't have to, you know, always look at a screen and even just see if I was doing it right, you know. Pilates is so much more about the feeling than how it looks. And I think a lot of exercises is really about this, but I really do feel this with Pilates because it's going to look different on every body. And if it feels good in your body, like that's what matters most. So I like the idea of like not having to look at someone and just doing Pilates based off how it feels. But the really main pivotal moment where I realized I'm going to start a podcast was it was end of the semester and I really wanted to do a workout outside. It was really nice outside. So I brought my computer outside to our dirt patch of a backyard and was trying to do some sort of Pilates workout when the Wi-Fi kept cutting out and I was just super frustrated and I'm like, I'm just going to put my headphones in and put on some music and just flow. And I was just flowing, doing my own Pilates and I'm like, see, if I could have a class through my headphones, that'd be so much better. And then I was like, wait a second entrepreneurial light just turned on we're gonna make a podcast so 
that was essentially where I got the idea. And I told myself when exams are done in the spring, we're going to start the Pilates pod. So that's how the Pilates pod was born in the dirt patch of my backyard while trying to do a workout in March at my student house in Kingston. So that is where I got the idea. And I think it was, it was really exciting, honestly, to have like a creative thought, especially when I went to go look and I really didn't see anything that, you know, fit the bill of what I was trying to do. And I was like, wow, like I had an original idea. It was like kind of honestly really exciting. But the next question was kind of how I record the podcast. So how I've recorded the podcast has kind of evolved since starting it. But I'll give you essentially a breakdown. So first, I'll come up with an idea of what I want, you know, the workout to be, the theme, the main muscle groups. I'll kind of see what I haven't done in a while, see what I'm kind of vibing with at the moment and decide. I'm like, okay, today's going to be, you know, abs and booty. There, I'm done. Then I'm like, do I want to use a specific equipment or do I want to just make it optional? And obviously, for the most part, I do try and make it limited equipment or equipment optional because... I really don't think you should have to pay any money to live a healthy and fulfilled life. I think everyone should be able to do it. I think, you know, having expensive things is a luxury, but fitness is a right. And I think everyone should be able to have that. So I really try and not make it, you know, mandatory to have any equipment in my exercises. Then I like to kind of write out what the workout is. Like I would do for any class, like for any dance class, any workout class. I would write out what I would do. I like, for example, I'd write, okay, we're going to do three deep breaths standing. Then we're going to roll down to downward dog 10 times, pedal out feet. We're going to do five ab wheels forward, five ab wheels in reverse, two times, you know, this exercise. We're going to do 12 shoulder taps and I'll just write the workout. Then in the past, I used to do the full workout to make sure everything felt good in my body. And then I would just record it afterwards. So I'm not actually doing the workout while recording or else I would probably be out of breath and it would not sound very good. But that's what I would do. I would do the full workout, make sure it felt good, and then I would do it. Now that I've kind of been doing this for a bit longer, I kind of, you know, get the gist of what it feels like and I feel like I don't need to do the whole workout before. Sometimes if I, I am using a piece of equipment or I'm doing something different, I will try out the moves Like if I'm, if I'm trying something funky just to make sure it works and just to kind of get an idea of how I would vocalize it. But for the most part now, I just write out my workouts and I record it as if I was just standing in front of you teaching the class. I do kind of mark a few of the movements, you know, kind of with my arms and my legs just to kind of mimic it and I can kind of, you know, get the idea of what I would want to say if I was physically doing the workout with you all and I think it's really important and something I have found challenging with the podcast is being very good at verbalizing the things I want you to visualize if that makes sense for example when I say okay you're thinking of you know bringing your rib cage down to meet your pelvis just those visualizations that kind of help you you know engage or help make sure you're hitting the right form, verbalizing those is definitely very difficult. And if I was actually working out with you, you'd be able to see exactly what I was doing. But because I'm not with you and I'm, you know, in my my bedroom at 2.30 on a Sunday, <laughs> um, I definitely had to verbalize that and definitely was tricky at the beginning. However, I do know just moving forward, if I get lucky enough to ever teach in person again, I'll have really good visual cues. And I think that will really 
enhance my teaching ability. And a final reason, honestly, why I did start this podcast, just kind of turning back to that last question, was it was so difficult for me to find a job when everyone wanted experience. So I went out there and honestly, I created my own experience. I really kind of started to believe in this, that if no one's going to give you that first experience, you have to create it. And I think it sounds crazy, but now if I go and apply to a job, I can say, I have eight months of Pilates teaching experience through the Pilates podcast. Here's my podcast. Listen to any of my episodes and you can see, you know, my ability, my skill. And I think, you know, technically, maybe I haven't been teaching in a physical studio, but I have experienced teaching Pilates online and I was able to create this experience for myself. So now if I apply to a job, someone can, you know, go back and see all the work I've done. And I think you can really do this in any field, you know, sales, marketing, media, anything. If you really want to get into social media and you create yourself a website or you help your friend create a logo for something else or even just for fun like you make your own logos or you make your own media kit you you create something even if it's you know not for you not being paid or it's not for a real job or even if it's just for yourself it's showing your skills if you designed a website for yourself and then you show someone this is my web design abilities even if let's say you didn't create a website for another company you still show that you're able to create a website it doesn't really matter at the end of the day who you did it for it's the ability that you're able to do it and I think that's really something that I've learned throughout this pandemic is if no one's going to give you a chance you have to give yourself that chance and that was a big reason why I started this podcast is because I think being able to teach fitness is something I want to do for the rest of my life and I don't think it's going to be a full-time job for me at any point but you know, if you can teach one class once a week, you're in a community full of people who are so like-minded and have the same interests and you're moving your body and it's another form of income. And I just think that's something I am happy I was able to, you know, move into. I felt it was honestly the natural progression of, you know, being a dancer. I have a lot of friends in the fitness space who have gone all different types of certifications and this was just the one that I chose and I'm definitely happy with my choice. I don't have any regrets about it and I think it is something that is going to help me even in my career path you know hopefully I'll be a physiotherapist and I'll be able to use the skills from Pilates in my treatment because I really do think you know physical activity and medicine go hand in hand but yeah those were all the questions I feel like I didn't really like separate them by question but I kind of just told the whole story so I hope you liked today's episode I know it was definitely a bit different but I'm hoping to be able to do an episode like this once a month with different fitness instructors in the community and, you know, in Toronto and all over the world. So DM me on my Instagram at CoreyXLifestyle if you have any requests on, you know, people you want me to interview or specialties or, you know, types of fitness instruction you want me to look into for you. I'd be so happy to do so. If you have any questions, always reach out. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, follow everything you're supposed to do for a podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and I will see you all in next week's class.